Welcome back to the School of Last podcast. Rick Roberts here with you. And this week I've got a special guest. I'm actually in his studio. It's David Hooper. How's it going, David? Fantastic. And we use the term studio loosely. It is the nicest walk-in closet you've ever seen. <laughs> and I'm telling you, man, this thing, I'm sure it sounds great. Uh, but David, I've talked to over on his podcast a couple of times, yep. uh, talking about things that podcasters can do and bloggers can do about being funnier in their approach and getting some more listeners or readers that way. And I know David going back probably, would you say five or six or longer? No, it hadn't been that long. It seems like a long time. It does kind of seem like a while. Three, four years? Three, four years. I came to your your business class. That's right. Because my background is in the music business. In Nashville, WRLT is the radio station. Music business radio is the show. And it goes goes out a lot of places. But yeah, we still talk about the music business on there every week. And uh, musicbusinessradio.com if you're interested in hearing more about the music business. You should business. check it out. You should go in the Wayback Archives and pick out the Rick Roberts podcast. There's a Rick Roberts uh, episode there because, and that's why I was there in your business class, because there's so many similarities between music and comedy. Basically, you're you're coming up with an idea, something that doesn't exist, and you're, you know, you got it in your head, and you somehow make a product out of it or a service, and you go out there, and you got to fill those seats. And it ain't easy. <laughs> it ain't easy. No, it? no. And you saw lots of guys come through. I mean, I still listen to Music Business Radio quite a bit. And, um, man, it's, it's amazing the amount of people you get through there and the great stories they have. And there are a ton of similarities between comedians and performers, especially the, the singer-songwriter, because you're kind of a solo dude if you're a singer-songwriter. Yeah. And the comedian is typically that, unless they're with an improv group. So there's a lot of things that they do uh, similar on the road that are good and bad. Yeah. And my goal here today is to kind of pick up a few tips maybe from what musicians are doing out there that comedians can do. And also when it comes to getting your CD put together, maybe some ideas, some creative ways that comedians can kind of market that a little sure. bit. Sure. I know you're a marketing specialist. That's really what I do is market stuff, help people spread their ideas and make money with their ideas. Right. In fact, you wrote a nice book the million dollar six figures six figures i I was gonna call it million dollar musician because i like the alliteration but i said nobody's ever gonna believe me (laughs) that a musician can make a million dollars so it's six figure musician yeah Yeah. six figures and two of those figures might be after the dot zero zero yeah i mean twelve thousand bucks hey that's a good year for a musician right (laughs) whatever it might be so you pick the numbers well when you're starting when you're starting comedy i imagine is like that when you you get started you're making Nothing really. Uh, uh, Just like a musician, you're losing nothing. Money. Maybe a few a few bucks here and there, but once you you get into the the scheme of things and in, in in the you know in your groove, let's call it, you start making more in that year than you have in all the previous years. Yeah, I know. For me, the first uh, the first year, I mean, I can look back. I made one thousand three hundred and fifty something dollars, and that was a bunch of twenty five dollar prizes at open mic, <laughs> maybe an occasional fifty from doing a gig. And there was actually one guy that told me. Hey, I've got a gig for you. I was only like three weeks into it. And he goes, I got a gig for you. I'm like, how much? He's like, it's a dollar a minute. I'm like, <laughs> awesome. He goes, but don't talk longer than 75 minutes. Yeah. Because that was his budget for the night. So yeah. I, I had no material and talked for 75 minutes. <laughs> you know the uh, song, the Deck the Halls, the fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. The, yeah. the joke is that that guy got paid by the word. And I'm not sure if that's really true or not. But <laughs> and a few yeah. extra laws. Supersize me, Rick. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Well, when you... Uh, see these guys come through music business radio especially and you talk to them about things that are working on the road and things that aren't working on the road what have you noticed with you know one thing i'm really curious with my new cd is how much product are guys carrying around anymore that are physical products like and download cards have you talked about that on there at all like their their approach to selling after the show it really just depends 
as far as physical products or non-physical products on the, the genre? Because if you're marketing to an older crowd, and you know I were talking about this off air, went to uh, James Gregory mm-hmm. show, and James Gregory had an older crowd in the audience. Those guys are going to want CDs. They're going to want his T-shirts. But if you're a younger, hipper crowd, they might want to get a download card. They may want a CD. CDs are great because it, it's something uh, tactile. You can hold it. They can play it on the way home. They're always great. But sometimes it's other merch. It can be T-shirts. Mm-hmm. It can be... I mean, you've probably seen a lot. You're on the road all the time. You've probably seen some weird stuff. Oh, I've seen, you know, beer, beer koozies are an easy thing comics carry around and sell because they're cheap and they're light. Right. And you can cram a bunch into a duffel bag and fly with them if you need to. I've seen shot glasses, which uh, they... You know, that guy sold him three bucks or two for five, but he had a lot of damage, you know, cracking all the time. And, you know, you know, something I just got today, speaking of, of the beer mugs, uh, and I should have brought them up to the studio. I'm, I'm meant to do that. Uh, coasters. Yeah. Coasters, they're made out of like recycled tires. So they have a story. It's kind of a cool thing. If you're doing like kind of the redneck comedy thing, they're super cheap and you can sell them like a set of four for 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever. Throw your beer on it. You don't need the koozie. And if you got the koozie, you can. Put the beer on I it might anyway. look at getting that. Even though white collar guys drive and use tires too, David. Don't, uh, <laughs> don't think that just because a tire. Right. <laughs> You're just picture somebody peeling out. And but if you got like a, a joke about used tires or something. I will and, now. and I, I've already got it. I used to live in Mississippi. So it's like used tire store, used tire store, cornfield, casino, right, used right, tire store. Right. And I, I mean, I think that that's really kind of where merch is going. So there, there is a CD and something that I tell musicians is that it's the music that allows you to have the other income streams mm-hmm. if we think about like taylor swift for example it's like yeah we know taylor swift as, as a musician but taylor swift is really in the business of being taylor swift and she's a revlon model and she's i don't know what taylor swift is doing she's making a lot she's of money a lot of stuff yeah. she's everywhere and, and it's the music that enables her to do that and i think it's the same thing for for comics it, it, it's the jokes that you've got but people can stream them people can copy them easily but what people can't do is they can't copy the live experience and hanging out in the club and they can't Copy, you know, some some of the other stuff like like a T-shirt or something that reminds them of the live experience. So there's kind of an up and a downside of that. The the downside is you're still on the road, right? And you still got to get out there and work, and uh, that's tough. But the, the good side about that is that you're out there on the road, you're connecting with people one on one, and that's really where the connections are made that enable you to go to the next phase. It's no longer the day when like Johnny Carson would bring you over to the couch and everybody's watching the Carson show, right. and then the next day you've got your own sitcom. You're making those connections one-on-one and, and that's how the sitcoms are built. And we, and we don't have those three networks anymore too. That's another thing to think about is that you've, there, there's a lot of space for the long tail guys. Right. And explain long tail for a second because I think some people listening maybe haven't heard that term before, although we're pretty familiar with it. With So, uh, yeah, so uh, you're more familiar with comedy than I am. But, but when I think of uh, like a major comedian, it's somebody who like maybe everybody would know. Everybody's going to know Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to know Bill Cosby. For different reasons right, right now, right. unfortunately. I remember knowing right. Bill Cosby. Richard Pryor. Some of these guys get into the to the mode where it, it, it's not just um, like, hey, I like this guy or I don't. Everybody respects those guys because they're all selling. But there's these long tail guys that are going out there and playing the smaller markets, playing like, like a lot of the redneck stuff. If you're like in Chunky, Mississippi or Enterprise, Alabama, a lot of people are skipping over those towns. Mm-hmm. And you can still make a really great living because... People in Chunky, Mississippi need entertainment. Is that a real town? Yeah. Chunky, Mississippi. Yeah, you have to throw that in your act. I'm going to start using that, Chunky, yeah. Mississippi. Yeah, once I found out, I was like, that's like my, my, that's like my, my small town that I go to Chunky, every time. Yeah, can I borrow that? Absolutely. I want to give you credit for it right here and right now because you're going to hear that on my next CD. I'm sure of it. Chunky. Yeah, so, so if you're listening, like for, uh, 
once you've had that big hit or anything, think about the the bands you see at state fairs. Those guys are on a long tail career. They're still not getting their they're not getting new stuff cut out and put on on the radio, but people still see them and still remember them because they had that initial big experience with them. That's exactly right. And if, if you're like a country music artist, for example, it's pretty long tail. You can work a long time. I just finished a book actually on Leonard Skinner, which is the Leonard Skinner was it was a huge act. Free Bird, huge song, Sweet Home Alabama, huge song. But they in a lot of ways didn't have like a lot of those big top ten hits. And you're talking forty, fifty years later, in like the fifth incarnation of the band they don't even have just like one original guy they've got like half of them because he's completely falling apart right. and they're still making money racetracks and, uh-huh. and that kind of thing but there's also the niche markets like i said the chunky mississippi guys we've got guys in, in the um, music industry colt ford is one of them just thinking about him yeah colt ford uh kind of a, a rapper country rapper kind yeah, of guy kind of a guy you can't play on radio no. Uh, and so he draws the the crowd that doesn't want to listen to radio, but there's right. a lot of those people, and he's selling units and units and, uh, and doing big numbers. If you listen to his music, so go to YouTube or wherever you get music and, and search for, for Colt Ford, it, he's a lot like comedians that he completely gets that market. And the lyrics, they're so clever. And if you're in Bristol, Tennessee at the, the NASCAR track, he shot his video there. Bristol, Tennessee, people are passing through right. Bristol unless you're a NASCAR person and they're just waiting for somebody to talk directly to them. And, and I think that's where the money is for comics. And that can be done through your live shows. And that's also done through, through the merch. And if you're going to that small market to take it back to what you said about CDs, the older singer-songwriter type crowd, those guys are still buying CDs. The James Gregory crowd still buying CDs. A lot of these, I'm going to call them less sophisticated markets, and that's mm-hmm. not an insult, but not New York City where everybody's got like an iPod, iPad, right. iPhone. Some of the slower moving markets they're going to still buy those CDs. It's it's kind of like they're still using cash. They're not using credit cards. They, they just live in a different way than a lot of us that might be in a city yeah. or living. They're not listening to this podcast. Right. Daggone it, chunky Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. Hey, here's a question for you, and this, this is just your opinion. You don't need to have any status to back this up, but I'm curious, knowing that uh, a lot of places I go, I kind of I'm kind of in the middle. My audience is usually 10 years on either side of me, so on the younger side, in the third, you know, mid to late 30s and around 60 at the top end. What I'm thinking about doing with the new CD that I just cut, it's a music CD, is offering the, the physical CD and a download card together for one price. Yeah, And yeah. so, hey, however you listen to your music, I'm you get an extra copy because whatever you're not listening to, you can give the other one to somebody yes. else who would listen. Well, and, and thanks for saying that because so many people are scared of like losing sales or something. One of the things I've seen a lot of Christian bands do, and I think that this is brilliant, is like what I call the, like a two for one. Mm-hmm. So we're going to sell you two CDs, and we're in a world where we think of like supersize and we like value. So like two CDs for 10 bucks, but what is that? What does a CD cost? A, a buck or two? You're, you're, 79 you're, cents. So, so 79 cents. But what you're getting from that is a guy who's going to tell his friend right. about you and come back to the show with his friend the next time. Because comedy is not something you experience alone. When you're at the comedy club, you're bringing your girlfriend, your wife, your spouse, whatever. Right. And you're sometimes bringing friends with you and, and you want them in the loop. And the best way to do that is by sharing a CD. So I think the download card and a CD is perfect. A lot of times people, you know, they don't have, like my car doesn't have an MP3 player. It's got a CD player. So right. if I want to listen to you, I'm still going to listen to a CD. And I like an iPod, iPod at the gym. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to listen to you, I'm going to listen to that. And yeah, I, th- I think a download card is easy. And a download card is probably, that might cost more than a CD now. No, well, I just, 
I bought 500 with my last package and it ended up costing about 27 cents a piece. Are you going through like disc makers yes. to do that? So disc makers is uh, discmakers.com, D-I-S-C makers.com. And I guess they've got the package deals. They've also got like wristbands they've too. They've got wristbands where you can, you can actually buy a ticket to an event. The wristband will mark you as a paid person uh, for, for like billboard or whoever, whoever's tracking live event right. ticket sales. Right. And then on that bracelet is also a code for a download of their album. So you could actually... If you're putting on your own event as a comedian and you have a new CD that you want to promote and you are running it, you know, you're running the door and everything, you could think about getting those wristbands and those wristbands, when they're scanned in, will go, you know, towards your tour numbers if you're, if you're about that. But you'll also have the download card right on there. So that will also mark you as a sound scan sale. So there's a way that you can get like a twofer on that wristlet and it's not that much. Let me, let me throw something out there to you that just came to my head. Because this is how I work. It's like ideas come and I throw them out to you. And sometimes it's overwhelming. And sometimes I'm not here. And that's really disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, this would be something so cool to do with like a download card, I think. And it, it may not be like the wristband or something you can print in advance. But what I wonder about, if, if you could uh, do something with like QR codes or give somebody like some kind of download. But you record your show right there that night. Like mm-hmm. I'm coming to see you at the Nashville Club, which for most people, the Nashville Club for you is Zanies. Right. They go to Zanies. And I'm there with my wife and I'm there with my friends and I'm having a good time and it was a great show and I want to remember that show. I don't want to just remember Rick Roberts. Could you record that show and then sell that exact show, give them like a download card and say, listen, tomorrow morning, I'm going to sell it to you right now. Tomorrow morning, you're going to download this show and it's not just any show, it's this show. I and think so- you could. I don't, I don't know if the turnaround through disc makers would be that fast. No, I think, I think you could do it. do it on your own uh-huh. somehow. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how you would, you would distribute that. I mean, you could, you in could theory... Up easily a PayPal button, upload your MP3s, maybe break them into tracks, and well, so, boom. You, well, you could totally do it. And then you could be like uh, Pearl Jam or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they'll... Every show they I, every, every show they record. And if you look at some of the charts, it's like Pearl Jam... Uh, June 9th, Pearl Jam, June 11th, Pearl right. Jam. And, and the true fans are going to want that because there's a little bit different each time. Now, comedy is a little bit different because I've, I've watched you work, Rick, and some of these guys, you can set a clock uh-huh. with their timing and, and the, the mystique may be kind of killed by that. Sure. But at the same time, if there's if there's great like uh, crowd work that you're doing, if, if there's something that you want to uh, remember, and I think you should probably be recording your shows as a comedian all the time anyway, just to review them. So why not sell them? Yeah, I think it's a good idea. One, What that reminds me of is and maybe they still do it. But back when I was in the clubs full-time, a lot of these hypnotists would come through. And the 15 or 20 people they hypnotized that night didn't see the show, but they did something crazy. And they were yeah. some, you know, <laughs> when I was doing the clubs with VHS tapes and, and the right. just go right back to the green room or the condo right. and be dubbing tapes all night long. And the next day they could pick them up at the club for like 25 bucks. Right. So they would make, you know, cons- you know two or three hundred extra bucks a night, depending on how people, how many went down down you know and if they didn't want it usually their wife or their boyfriend were like i'm gonna get a copy of that that's oh yeah right there. yeah well it's it's, it's uh disneyland does that you know when you ride magic mountain they've got the picture of you just scared oh, screaming yeah. and, yeah, and, yeah, and they're yeah. selling it to you at the very end disney would actually probably be a great thing for us to go through and be like we could do this we could do this we could do this because they're selling everything there the fast pass access yeah. was brand now you know? <laughs> yeah exactly i mean if, if it's available to be sold disney has got a price tag on it and they're selling it but i, I think that you know, that's the opportunity for comedians to think, you know, not just about how am I going to sell this CD, but what is it that I could put a price tag on and, and sell it? And again, I take it back to selling the experience. That's how you're going to stand out. And can you let somebody take that experience home? And that could be through the t-shirt. It could be through 
your you know your 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 crowd work it could be through and it maybe doesn't have to be the entire show maybe you've already got the show there but you splice it together with some of the crowd work or, or you splice the with, very opening line good yeah. evening wichita it is good to be here <laughs> and then you don't have to change your act at all <laughs> it has been good to be here wichita yeah there you we'll go see you next mr week. movie phone it <laughs> yeah <laughs> just gonna pop it in there well i was thinking about this too like i'm trying to think of some incentives on top of Here's the CD. Here's a download card. Together, ten bucks. You're getting a great value there. But also, yeah. if you do the download and email me the 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 confirmation or something, to where I, now I capture their email address as well. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I will yeah. also give you access to A, B, or C. And I'm wondering if for your true fans, if people really enjoyed your stuff and bought your merchandise, you know, what if what if something as simple as an unlisted. 25 30 minute interview on YouTube where you kind of get to know me. And yeah, you know more. what? Let's 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 talk about that and let, and let's build on what we were just talking about like about recording the crowd work or doing some of that because what you could do is uh, they call it a lead magnet sometimes. Right. But what you could do is all right, do you, have you liked this? You've got like maybe the opening part of your set where you're going like what I call local local. And sometimes you can do this, sometimes you can't. You're not going to know chunky Mississippi as well as you know Nashville because you're based in Nashville. But I, I wonder if there would be a way for you to say, all right, have you guys had a good time so far? Listen, this part of the show so far, I got Gary back there recording it. And if you go to rickrobertscomedy.com, you can actually get this part of the show for free and you can just trade that up. So you don't necessarily have to sell them anything, but you've got everybody in the audience. Right. It's basically the equivalent of you setting, you know, you're, you know, you're building your mailing list and you don't even have to have them go to rickroberts.com. There are things that you can do is everybody, you know, pull out your phone. Some, cl- some clubs I know they don't like you to text. Right. But you can say, all right, text uh, R-I-K to 777 and you could get it right there. Mm-hmm. That that instantly, you could uh, pass the iPod, iPad around. You could pass a list around. I think the name capture would be huge. And if you're going to do that, this is what I suggest, is you segment your list. Don't throw everybody onto the list. But you've got the Zanies list. You've got the uh, June 6th mm-hmm. Zanies list. You can say, hey, uh, Bob, you know, is uh, just in town. Uh, thanks for coming out in, in June. It's August now. Haven't been in town for two months. I'd love to see you at Zany's, and here's a special offer for you. And you can really start doing that one-on-one contact with people and bringing them back in because there are a lot of people, and this is from a, a non-comic uh, guy, and I don't know a lot about comedy. We were talking about it before we started recording. Uh, very few of these guys, like I've seen at our, our local club Zany's, I really remember. Mm-hmm. And that's because they don't have the branding. That's because they don't have whatever. And I think a lot of comics are getting lost. You're going out, you're doing the work, they pick up their check at the end of the night, but they've lost everybody. And if I had that relationship with people, if they just ask, I probably would say, yeah, that guy was pretty funny. I'm going to sign up for him. And then I can develop that relationship with him over time. Right. And if he would say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm playing Zanies in a couple weeks. Why don't you come? Here's a BOGO for you and your wife. Uh, 10 bucks for both of you. Hell yeah, I would do it. Yeah. And then I've got that relationship. And that's when the crowd starts being 10. And the next time you go back, it's 20. And the next time you go back, it's 40. And it grows exponentially yeah so then you're bringing the value to the club instead of the club oh, providing the audience you, you could rent the club out yourself right. or you could have your own venue and you can fill it i mean a lot of music bands have, have done that in the past they bring like a keg of beer and the sound system basically sell their own tickets and that's where the money is made but it's work and i think that if comics are like musicians we have a tendency to go into something and be like oh people are going to show up i'm getting paid on just showing up mm-hmm. but you're not being paid for showing up. You're not really being paid for jokes. You're being paid because people come to see you, see do the jokes and and, and buy beer. Right. And if you can help the club do that, you're going to be paid more money and 
you know, it goes on and on. So yeah, it's, it's a lot more than just showing up, and that's that's one thing I like about CDs and audio and downloads and digital media is, like you said, not only the long tail, but you don't have to be somewhere to be earning money. You know, the all the comics that are listening now, and I've said this, you know, it's probably twenty podcasts ago, but I think it's worth repeating, especially as we end this year here pretty soon. Have on your list of goals next year to. It doesn't have to be an entire CD, but get a 10-minute set recorded and then go buddy up with seven other guys or gals that have 10-minute sets recorded and put out a, C- a CD, you know, maybe split your yes. stuff, your 10 minutes into three tracks and the other people. So you got a nice 30-track CD and you guys are cross-promoting every single place you go. I, I, I love that. And I'm going to build upon that now because that's actually how I started in the music business. When I was in college for commercial music, my instructor or whatever he said you know the money to be made is is in music publishing it's it's the guys who own the copyright own the material and and i knew a little bit because i was growing up in nashville and the big labels on music row or the the big houses rather the big office buildings where their labels or they were publishing companies so i found out what publishing was but i didn't have enough money to put out the songs that i owned by myself and a cd i could pack it full of let's say 20 25 songs so i would basically you know you get a, a a piece of this crop you get a piece of this like it was like a csa right where everybody the farmers sharing their stuff and you own part of it so we would go in on these cds together so imagine this you're talking about 10 minutes and you can do a 70 minute cd right i think it's almost it has to be a little less than 80 for it to close if i remember so let's say you've you've got a a 70 minute cd you've got a 10 minute set or it could be a five minute set and you split it among seven comics and you're out there on the road and you're saying they're 79 cents each now for a CD and maybe a thousand, yeah. And it's a thousand CDs, 800 bucks and they're in uh, envelopes. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So, you know, you've got a hundred, you're each your six, six buddies, seven buddies, whatever they've got a hundred and you're cross promoting everybody. And it's got your contact information. What you can do on these CDs. Now you can make a multimedia. So it's not just the audio, but you can say pop it in your CD or, t- or pop it in your computer and you can have more information, mm-hmm. uh, links to videos, contacts where to get more i mean i think that's brilliant i mean i've been thinking actually about doing that for other comics you know kind of like being send it to me and i'll help you guys out i'll be on there as well and you know we have to figure out how to split everything up but well well, let's let's look at how you could do that right now so you're you're based you're based out of nashville would you would you call yourself like blue collar i call myself uh creative and clean i don't really have a okay so but but you're clean so that that's gonna be one niche and that and that's huge uh, if, if, if you're dirty, that's another niche. Right. That's also huge. If it's uh, female comics, you know, Queens of Comedy, remember the movie? Right. I mean, it was just female comics. So if you're just female, if you're liberal, are there liberal comics? Yeah, there's a couple. Because <laughs> Bill Maher yeah. or somebody. And you can see how, how enjoyable that kind of Yeah, but is. I mean, like right now with, with the whole presidential race that mm-hmm. we've got, I mean, it would be political commentary, right wing. I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff that would be huge in, in it spreads all over the place. Right. You're and, not stepping on anybody else's kind of, in fact, that now yeah. that you said that, what, what 10 aspiring comics could do right now is each of you write seven, five to seven minutes on the election. Right. And then everybody's got their different take. You put that on a CD and yeah. boom, it, it becomes instantly huge because everybody's like, Oh, it's funny. And it's yes. topical. Well, and it's also the kind of thing if we were going to, <laughs> eventually we we're, we're, we're supposed to talk about radio but i love this because this is the kind of brainstorm that when people come to me it's like this is this is this what, is more important this is what i do but and hopefully everybody's following this i haven't i think so <laughs> okay so let's let's say this that if you wanted to get on radio like right now the election is super topical i, I was just mentioning to you before we roll in the tape i said man i bet you love trump because he's given comics so right. much to work with 
And and all political people do. Carson, Bernie Sanders, that guy's hilarious, yeah. right? Hillary Clinton, funny. So it's great material. And these talk morning shows and these political guys love this kind of stuff. And you can find yourself on the radio when you wouldn't expect it to be. This is the kind of thing, like if you were a Rush Limbaugh fan, for example, he might play a comic if it was politically oriented. Mm-hmm. Now, he's not going to be just playing just any comic. Right. But if, if it's featured in... in, in this, you know, the genre of his show. It was basically the genre of his show. Yeah, he might play it. Give me a little bumper coming in or out. I know I've totally. heard Dave Ramsey would do that before with a couple comics. Oh, yeah. Dave Ramsey will uh, always use that um, skit from Saturday Night Live about if you don't have money, you can't buy it. That's the financial plan. He right. goes back to that years later all the time. And it's kind of like a, it's like his own bit, but it was somebody else's, right? Mm-hmm. So it's that uh, that recurring thing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that would be huge. And politics is great. Um, if you know, if you want to go in that direction, right? It's great. Uh, sometimes this stuff can blow up, and, and people only know you. You know, this is the comic. It's like people only know you for a certain thing. You see that with these guys who do sitcoms. Thinking, you know, I was just thinking. I think like, two podcasts ago, we were talking about the, the Verizon guy. Can you hear me now? He was like, <laughs> he he wanted to be an actor, and he was just not cut. You know, he got that, and all of a sudden, he couldn't get any acting gigs because yeah. they expected him to show up with yeah. a cell phone <laughs> and glasses. You know. Well, I think about the guy. The other thing that that happened to you is uh, is that a himmy? It's like, I didn't realize that that guy was like a stand-up comic. Yeah, John Rape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, I know him as that one kind of thing, and you know he's probably sick of like showing up at the gig and do the Hemi thing. Right. You know, and... Yeah, it's funny how, yeah, one thing can kind of take over, but yeah. I would think we'd both agree that it'd be better to have a career with one of those things in it than none of those things. Y- yeah, you can't really worry about that kind of thing. I, I think it's just something to to consider in that you want to put out your material that exemplifies you. I, I tell this about musicians. They come to us on uh, music business radio or whatever. And they say, well, wh- what song should I play? So I, I want the song that, that is who you are. Mm-hmm. And I want the joke that is who you are, because this is the one that's going out. You don't want people to think that you're a blonde when you're really a redhead, you know, that's, that's great. You know, that's perfect way to say it. I, recently I've, I've kind of encapsulated the same thought as, you know, do the joke that only you can do a, so people can't steal it. And B, if, if the joke is really good and you're doing it for 20 years, you like the joke and it still fits you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. You know, if, yeah. I know every band's probably written that one song just because their manager said, if we don't get a radio cut this time, we're going down. And then they cut that one song and then they got to play that. Everywhere. You know, the the one that comes to mind, and I don't know if there are any comics like this. I'm sure there are. Um, the Rembrandts who did the, the Friends theme song. Oh, yeah. We had them at my college. and You and know, they they're just like, because they, they were a, a serious band. And they had some great songs and you go to their show. I saw them one time in Memphis. This is 20 something years ago. Yeah. And everybody's like, play the friend song. Uh, you know, that's got to get old. Yeah, I'm that's, sure it uh, does. That's, yeah. uh, but at the same time, there's, you know, they're, they're still working. Those guys probably all have their houses paid off and no car payments. and that, that, No. And yeah. they're not having to work at 7-Eleven or wherever they were working before they, they hit it in music. Yeah. So they're, they're pros and cons. Let me ask you this then. Would it be wise for a, a comedian to capitalize on a topic that may not be in their wheelhouse, but to make it timely. So, so for A, when they go do radio to promote the shows at Zanies or whatever, they've got that topical bit. And B, uh, with YouTube clips being, you know, YouTube search so much now, to have something really topical. I mean, it can't be a bad thing for them to get extra hits and people find out about them because of that one thing, even though it may not be their true thing. Uh, so let, let's talk about it because I, I love your opinion on it. Um, You've got to play your game. And I think that in, in, in music, we, we, it would be the equivalent of this. If like, 
hey, grunge, grunge is hot. Let's let's all play grunge. Oh, hey man, everybody's going to country. Let's do country. Everybody's doing, you know, EDM. Let's let's do electronic music. I don't know if there are any comics that are like that. I, I, I think that there are. Like blue collar stuff is hot, and all of a sudden the guy's putting on a hat and driving a pickup truck, and it's it's not really him. Right. So. On one hand, you've got to play your game. On the other hand, it's it's kind of a smart thing because you're going where the where the audience is. Yeah, I guess if you can get there quick enough, it, and, and and if you can live with yourself, yeah, if you can live with yourself. I mean, I would hate to. You know who? Uh, he was a serious actor, but he was on a uh, a, a comedy show. It was um, it's, it's good times. Not not JJ Walker, but the the father. Okay. Remember J, Jimmy Jimmy Walker's father was apparently a serious actor and got this good times thing took off and he was very, he was, he was pissed because this guy was like a Shakespearean actor. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, everybody knows me for this crap work that I'm doing. I'm, you know, judgment right. there, but, and, uh, and he got very frustrated. And I think that that's just something to, to consider. So, so do something that you're going to be comfortable with. Th- think it through. And if it works for you, go for it, but, do, but don't chase the money. Yeah. Well, I've, I've tell you anytime you try doing that, it backfires <sighs> and it costs you a lot of yeah. money and it costs you, as I get older, I realize it costs you time. It costs you years well, that you can't get back. And, and this is just personal philosophy. Like I'm, I'm coming from, you know, music industry is like, I, I think that we need artists. We need comics. We need musicians, whomever that are making good art. We need people that stand for something. We need people that are taking chances. And that's what comedy is. It's, it, it's about taking chances. It's about pissing people off. It's not about playing it safe. So, so to play it safe, it kind of makes you, Stephen Pressfield would say that you're a hack. Right. If you're following those guys, if, if you've read War of Art, have you read War oh, of Art or, or Turning Pro? These those two books are fantastic. Right. When I'm like I'm in the middle of writing a book now, and I'm trying to get to the end. I'm about eighty thousand words in. I, I've got to keep Turning Pro in my car. I, I listen to it five or seven times sometimes to, to get through this book because it's constantly reminding me that. And he talks about being hacks where we just follow the money and don't do it. Don't do it because we we need art. And even if you you die broke, you're gonna you feel good about it. And and he calls that the secondary payoff. It's like there's the paycheck that you get, but there's also knowing that you're doing good work. And I right. think at the end of a career, you don't want to just like I don't know if we're gonna like call any any comics out maybe that didn't reach their potential. I I don't know any personally, so I don't I don't I'm not thinking of anybody in particular. But I think we've all seen musicians like that that are. You know, yeah, they yeah. just they, they just didn't reach their potential. And you think, man, that's that's a shame that he 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 went for that. It's, it's the equivalent of somebody maybe he's got a dream and then he settles down, he gets a job at the factory, and he has kids, and you know that he should have been out there on the road instead of in a Bon Jovi song. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know what I, mean? I know, man. Yeah, well, recently a guy that is an artist and stuck to his own thing despite um, all odds, and, he, and he's written great songs for everybody. But everybody that watched the CMA Awards recently. Uh, with uh, Chris Stapleton. He did that duet with Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, yeah. And there was just statistics all over the place the next day. Like the the week after that, he'd sold 10 times as many units of his current CD, which was just kind of a people who knew him knew it. Nobody right. else did. Right. And so the exposure he got from, he never changed who he was. I mean, if you look at the guy, he's not going to change. No. He, he's kind of like our generation's, <laughs> almost like a version of Charlie Daniels' body right. with a different voice, you know. <laughs> But he's, yeah. hey, this is who I am. And man, people <laughs> fell that night. I wasn't even watching. All of a sudden, you know, I was looking at Facebook before I went to bed and everybody's like, that was awesome. Chris I Stapleton. Yeah. I'm I like, didn't watch it, but I had the same thing. Like two or three days later, people are still talking about mm-hmm. it and they're talking about Timberlake too. And, yeah. and, and uh, how did you think he did? Was that kind of like selling out? Was it weird? No, because, it, you know, Timberlake to me is more 
and I'm, I wasn't in the boy band phase of things with him, but he's more of a, a an entrepreneur and a producer to me. Yeah. And so, you know, he's got a great singing voice. He can act and all those other things. But I thought those two pairing up each other allowed Stapleton to show how strong he was as a vocalist. Right. And a performer and a writer. Right. Standing next to somebody that's known for those things. Right. So. Well, and, and Timberlake, it's kind of interesting uh Thing to, to bring in the conversation that, that we're talking about is like you you've got a guy who can show his versatility and all these things that we're talking about maybe an opportunity for you to show your versatility as well i think it has to be focused i mean he wasn't doing country albums when he was with nsync and when right. he was doing like that kind of the dancey stuff but you can have a, a long career like that you know carly simon disco record kiss disco record dolly parton disco record that's true you can have a long career, but but i think that you need to have a, a foundation and know who you are and then if you're comfortable with who you are, you can go and you can try something and it might not work and you can go back to it. Just don't, you know, people can, can smell BS and they know what's authentic. Mm-hmm. And because you've done different stuff, right? As, as, a, as, as a comedian yeah, for, and, for a long time. And, and everything that I do, um, comes back to the, the creative comedy and, and clean approach. So whether it's, I'm doing a speech or I'm talking to a group or I'm doing Barney Fife at an event, just kind of roaming around improv, improv right. with people or my standup show, my music comedy CDs or my live CDs, all that are extensions. You know, I'm, I'm working on putting a book together next year. And I'll just go ahead and tell you a little bit about it now because it's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. It's called Anchors and Hooks. And so you have to anchor yourself somewhere so people know who you are and where you're at. Right. And when you go fishing in different markets or different niches, it needs to be close enough to where you're anchored that it makes sense for that to happen. Right. And right. so it's totally okay to experiment over here a little while and see, what, see what's going on. But it has to come back to something that if that person follows you back from the hook back to the boat, it makes sense. Yeah. So it's hooks and anchors. If, if that title holds up, that's what's going to be. I, it, well, I, I, I love the concept of it. I, I, I think that it's, it, that it's huge because I think that's exactly the opposite of, of, of what I was talking about earlier that people don't relate to where you're running over to this corner and this corner. We're grunge and then we're country, then right. we're disco, then we're in. And th- those people just want to be famous. And, and I think that. I know in the music industry, I'm curious about the, the uh, comedian, uh, comic industry, if this has happened, but because of things like American Idol, because of things like the Kardashians, we've got a lot more people getting involved that just want to be famous. Oh, yeah. now, now, has that happened with, with Absolutely. comics? Absolutely, yeah. Everybody just wants, to, you know, the, the big discussion amongst comedians, you know, professional and amateur is, and I think even Seinfeld said it recently, is like a guy who does an open mic once can call himself a comedian. And that's what I actually do for a living. And it's insult- he feels insulted by that fact. <laughs> but you know, a guy who strums yeah. a guitar once is a musician if, he, if music came out of the guitar. So it just depends on what you decide to spend your time getting hung up about. Yeah. But yeah, that, that does come into play where it's, you, know, you see people, they just want to get on stage, get popular, maybe have one, one clip they can send people to, or just to say they're in the business a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think people can feel that. And, and, and that's what I'm saying about being, being rooted, as you're saying, like anchors and stuff. And, and people are waiting for something that's authentic like that. We know the deal with the Kart Kardashians and, and I, I think we're going to have a backlash against that. I think we're going to want like true art and maybe this is like revisionist history, but I just finished this uh, Richard P- Pryor biography called Furious Cool. Have you yeah, read this? Yeah, yeah. It's great. And I've always been fascinated by Richard Pryor and it told a little bit more of his story, but that's a guy who was out there doing it because he, he couldn't do anything else. Right. And that was him and, and, and he struggled with it. And you see these guys who, who go through it for a long time and, and we need that now. We need that now. And I know that uh, it appears success is always, there's a shortcut 
you know, because we don't know about somebody, then all of a sudden we do, like you were talking about, like with the, the uh, CM, CMA, uh-huh. yeah, with uh, Chris Stapleton. But I, I think that uh, there are also those people that because of like YouTube and don't get me started on like the YouTube comics and stuff that all of a sudden have right. like millions and millions of views, they're not going to be ready for it if, if YouTube goes away. Whereas somebody who's been on the road, you're building that foundation and you're going to be able to handle whatever comes. Right. Whether it's YouTube, they, there wasn't YouTube when you started. There wasn't any tube. <laughs> the tube I had only had three channels. Like, like, like how were you, how were you, were you doing like cassettes and things? Were you? When I first started, and I'm talking 1991 or whatever. Yeah, it's it not that long ago, right? It, seemingly. Yeah. Although my body tells it me it feels was. like it. <laughs> they, um, I just remember it was so hard to get a video because you had to know somebody that had a video camera or else you were popping down yeah. two or three thousand bucks. And then you had more. to edit it. Then you had to edit it, and, and the editing was mostly done on the video camera. Yeah. You know, some of the higher-end video cameras. And then you got it onto one VHS tape. Yeah. And I went and bought a second VHS recorder, and you'd lose <laughs> 15 to 20% quality, you know, from the first yeah. to the to the dub. Yeah. And you would make that sucker, and you would send it out to everybody, $3.65 a pop for mailing. And yeah, six months forever. later, you'd have to do it again because yeah. your set changed, and you had a better access to better equipment, you know. So it's yeah. mind blowing now, yeah. Uh, to think, you know, in some ways it was an advantage back then because the only way that most people found clean comics were, were to call the comedy club and oh, say, "Hey, yeah. we've got an event coming up. Who do you recommend?" Well, and there were filters that kept all the people away. There kind of was, yeah. And now anybody can hold up, yeah. you know, hold a mic, get a video, and put up a website and yeah. say that they perform. Or so that's right. It's it's good and bad. Just like all things, you know, there's there's more access to other people through the digital age, but there's also a lot of more clutter like we hear about. Well, to, to take it back to the CD discussion, I, I think that's another th- thing to make you stand out. For example, I mentioned working on a new book. You're working on a book. Most of those books that I sell are, are digital, but my book is available in hardcover. My book is available in softcover. Mm-hmm. And that alone, just the fact that that is available s- helps the digital version seem more authentic. So that's another good reason to do a CD because it makes it seem like it's more real because you've had to go through the filters. People probably bought downloads that, that sucked because it was the guy who just, you know, Hey, it's my first open mic and I just recorded it. Right. Here, here's my record. Yeah. You, you know, can, let's put it on Spotify. That's true. You can, up, you can upload audio without having a CD, but then yeah. if that person, Hey, if that person that downloads it likes you, they got nowhere to go. Right. You know, there's no physical right. product. There's no, none right. Of that. And I always think of the CD itself as just like a, like I say, a 79 cent business card. It's going to go places yeah. that I can't go. It might be a coaster in somebody's, you know, <laughs> bonus room or something like that. It might yeah. be an ice scraper if it gets a little chilly out there. Well, but it, it's something that, that people can see. I think that's another reason to have the, the physical book. If I hop in your car and I see it in your glove box, who, who's this Rick Roberts mm-hmm. guy? You know what I mean? You can start having that conversation. That's the, the biggest problem with digital goods that I see is that we can't tell what people are listening to. Right. The same CD's kind of a lot more shareable. CD is it's it's a lot more shareable. But with that said, like if I had some MP3s, it's so cool that so Rick Roberts is coming to town, and I tell my I tell my buddy, man, we got to go see Rick Roberts. He's like, who? And I said, look, check out this CD or or check, or check out this MP3 or this link or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can I can send this stuff digitally. I mean, how cool is that? Like that wouldn't have happened back in the old day either. No. Say, hey, let me get this videotape and W one off. Yeah, hold on, second I have to VCR. rewind it. <laughs> right. That was the worst part about dubbing those videos. Is I got seven minutes here where I'm rewind. Yeah. 
bought I bought the standalone rewinder so I would wear my video equipment. <laughs> out. It was crazy. No, I'm with you. The uh, the old school like burning one CD at a time, even when that came along, and it was like the the two X. It didn't take 74 minutes. It took 37 right. minutes, and you're like, wow, we're really cooking now. And it's so much easier to to replicate, duplicate, and to spread messages and. That is exciting, and uh, we wanted you wanted to talk about radio. So well, I, just, I, I know have, I'm taking you way off. No, I like where this went. I just have a couple of questions. Yes, one thing I was thinking, you know, just like you know, some comedy clubs find out about comics now because somebody who's a friend of the guy that runs the club or manages the club says, "Hey, have you heard of this person?" No, I haven't. They've got a million subscribers. They got all this stuff going on yeah. online with um, radio play. Now I know radio because you know, my wife used to work in it a little bit, and I worked at a station or two. There was a lot of, even though there was program directors, they didn't always get to choose what they got to play. It was very tight. There was a very tight box, and it was very hard to get somebody in there that didn't have a big promo machine behind. Well, them especially or, for like a, a corporate station or clusters right. of stations where there's like like Jack FM or something. It's a super tight format. It's all around the country, and every Jack, there's probably fifty of them is playing the same music. Yeah. So yeah. so with that, like what you know, with Lightning One Hundred, it's kind of more of an independent station more local feel. Do you feel like local artists still get a fair shake on on getting airplay from those guys from sending in a CD or from is it more from a, opening for a band during one of their live shows or something like no, that? No, you talk about for a musician? Yeah, for a musician, just so I can kind of apply it to what I'm Well, thinking. okay, so I would tell you, so again, WRLT, Nashville, Tennessee, it's an independently owned station. I think it's the only independent station here except for some of the low-power stations. And the way that that works is... A lot different from everybody else. For one, they've got uh, I think a local light in spotlight, and they got another thing called the six one five, which is our area code here locally, where they're emphasizing local music. And, and it, it's good that we're in Nashville. I don't know that everybody could could do that, you know. Um, and it is Music City USA. I mean, that's kind of our, our brand here. So not everybody, not only could they do it, they probably wouldn't do it. So that that that's a little bit different. I will say this to kind of go around like the music director. If if I were a comic and I wanted to get on the radio that make friends with, with the DJs. And if you can get in there, especially morning, that's probably, and that's really where you want to be because right. that's the only time during the day where more people are listening to radio than watching television. So if you're going to be on radio, you don't want to be on like midnight at right. Saturday night when everybody's out, you want to be on, in on the drive time morning radio. And I, I would make make friends with with uh, the, the the DJs. You think about like a jock, like I'm gonna say Howard Stern for lack of a better word. But everybody knows like a morning guy who's got three or four hours of material. It's tough to get three or four hours of right. material. You know that as a comic. I mean, yeah, what does yeah. it take you to do a 20 minute set? Yeah, yeah. Maybe a year. I don't know. Depends how fast you write. So if you can help them by giving them great material, giving them maybe like re- recurring bits, making them look good because they're probably failed comics in a lot of ways like they yeah. that's why they're working and, and I, I see that a lot with uh I, I think it's a mistake is that you've got these comics in there that kind of upstage the the the, the host uh-huh. and i think if you can kind of share the spotlight like again making them look good you know and, and you know this from being on a podcast i try to uh, make the guests look good and when i make the guests look good he makes me look good right. and you're trying to make everybody else look good I think uh, that's a way to do it, but just making those personal kind of connections and 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 being a team player, or maybe you've got some kind of uh, bits. Those are the ones that, that I'd love to talk to you about. And you probably know more about me, but like the guys they call up all the time, it's like, oh, we're going to hear from uh, Gator O'Reilly or yeah, 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 whatever this thing is. I was like, <laughs> what the hell? Am I, am I back in the 1970s? <laughs> right. 
Um, but, you know, I, I guess Gator O'Reilly calls in on whatever that show was I was listening to. And uh, he's like a little he, he's celebrity. Got a, yeah, he's got a regular thing. Yeah. But it's just, I, I'm assuming that it's just, it's just a working comic that is out there and he, he has his moment and they call him up whenever they need, need help. Yeah. So, okay. Endearing yourself so, to some of the on-air talent is not a bad way to go. Yeah. And, and I think it's part of that big, bigger picture. It's sort of like, I look at it like streaming gets people to the live shows and that gets people to the merch and then the the whole set of it you know gets people to the mailing list and then you start getting into like the big money like the the television or or uh, whatever rec- record deals i mean i don't know what people are are doing now it's it's so it's i, I wish there were like a path it's kind of like what you were talking about with you know it used to be there were a lot of filters and there was like mm-hmm. one way to do it like i talked about johnny carson's couch like yep get on johnny and yeah. let it get on his couch and you're good but these days, it, it's not even really about pursuit of like a, a record deal. I think about what uh, Louis C.K. did with his download, download thing. That whatever, went crazy. yeah, it's crazy. And uh, I hope more people are, are doing that. I'm sure that they are. They've done it in, in music. Yeah, I think more are in it. So it's the emphasis I think now for any performer, whether it's a comic or a band uh, or a soloist, it's not only are you a brand, but you're also like you're the content creator. You're like you're like a little media outlet, yeah. and so. You know, people may get that first CD, and then a year later, like, whatever happened to that guy? Oh, he was a one CD guy. Right. And there's nothing there. So to have right. consistent stuff come out and to even, you know, I'm going to roll this CD out uh, almost week by week with a different track and a little video clip to go with it so they kind of hear a good chunk of it. And then maybe after six or seven chunks, they're like, oh, man, everything I've well, heard here I like. I and and I love that. And you can get stuff out, and it, it keeps you writing. It keeps you fresh on new material you and I've had the discussion before is that there are guys out there kind of like we talked about like Leonard Skinner, they're still playing Sweet Home Alabama, still playing Freebird. They're not coming up with new material necessarily. And they're comics that are like that. They're still doing the same catchphrases like, mm-hmm. don't blame me, whatever the catchphrase right. is, you know, 50 years later. Right. And it's, it's like you, you, you can, you can live like that or, or you can continue to create. And I think if you did have like a relationship with like a DJ or something or something where maybe in like a club, if we wanted to talk about this, where I'm in the Rick Roberts fan club and you send me, new bits every week or something every Friday. It, it, it's like, uh, I would call that maybe like the Rick, Rick Roberts workshop, your, your workshop and you're, you're trying new stuff and you're going to send it. And then the fans can come up with you. I mean, how cool would that be to actually be, be part of it? A lot of comics that scares the Jesus out of them right. because they want to be perfect when they're on stage. But I think comedy is about taking risk. And, and what would that be like if fans could help you to d- develop like a great set. And then that way, when you're on HBO, you're on CMT or something, they say, yeah, yeah, I remember when he was working on that and that looks so good. And it's like a different version of it, right? Yeah. It's like the first version of the Mona Lisa. Now we see the Mona Lisa. And there's so many things that you could do to bring people in. And I think that radio, to take it back to that, that's one of those things. It kind of all fits together in that radio is still a filter and radio gives you credibility to do this other stuff. I, I, I wouldn't even really even concentrate on radio. Today, if music business radio had to come out we started it 10 years ago, so 2005, I wouldn't even do radio. Mm-hmm. We don't need it anymore. But at the time, it was kind of, that's that's where I felt. It's kind of like having a major publisher, a major uh, a book publisher, a major record deal. It's like you felt like that that did it for you. You know, that gave you permission to create or permission to release or credibility. And it it, it, it doesn't. You can still do it, but at the same time, yeah, it's. I guess it's nice if you're on Howard, as featured on Howard Stern. Yeah, that, that might get you booked. Like if I was on the New York Times, that might give me some speaking gigs. Right. But I'm not. I'm still doing the same thing. Right. Well, thanks, David, for letting Thank me you. crash your uh, fully, the red room, fully furnished 
podcast and walk-in closet. I'm sure your wife is really disappointed about the lack of closet space that she incurred when you put this together, but it looks great. And I'm sure we'll talk again sometime down the road. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity.